Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at the John Truckery Show, live in the Kia Studios, halfway home on a Tuesday evening. 404-741-0929, that's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site, catch on the go, social media, 92.9, the game, at JMCH316, at underscore Dylan Matthews. Hey, the Braves are within striking distance in the NL East. Check out Odyssey's big-time baseball podcast with Cody Decker, Tony Gwynn Jr., and MLB insider John Heyman. They take a look around all things NB- MLB. Excuse me. New episodes of Big Time Baseball come out every Monday on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll get to That's Life in about 20 minutes from right now as we're watching the Atlanta Braves right now. And uh, Max Free trying to get out of some trouble. little dribbler. Oh, man, and that's going to load the bases uh, up for him. So, uh, is there anybody out in this inning? doesn't look like there's nobody out. Fifth inning, Rockies have the bases loaded uh, right now. Rockies, by the way, because somebody said, well, they get paychecks too. Yeah, they're 19 and they're 19 and 42 on the road. If they're getting paychecks to go 19 and 42, they should give some of that back. They should donate some of that money to a charity around Atlanta. They're 19 and 42 on the road. Is that good? When you when you've won what? What would 20 out of what's that? 33% of your games basically? Right? They've played 61 games. Imagine that they've won 20 out of 60. That's what a 30 a 33% win percentage. So you win one out of every 3 games on the road. They should give some of their money back. They should have to put it into a GoFundMe or something and hand it back to them. Anyway, we'll keep you up to date about what the Braves have got going on here. Is it still 2-2 here, and we're in the uh, top of the fifth inning. One guy who they could use to get going as, again, no Ronald Acuna out there tonight, and obviously dealing with some physical issues and stuff. We know about all the problems with Marcelo Zuna. It's to the point where they have no desire to play Marcelo Zuna. None. Zero. Right? When's the last time we saw him? The Astros series? No. no. The Mets. No, he didn't play in the Mets either. Yeah, he did. He played. He was 0 for 2 in oh. one of those games against the Mets, right? Okay. He was I'm... 0 for 2, I think, against the Mets. It's the last time we've seen him. How long ago was that? Week and a half ago or something like that? So, Rosario obviously had all the struggles earlier this year. And look, his numbers aren't good. 
for the season, a buck 90, four homers, 18 RBI. He's played 57 games and has 195 plate appearances. Now, ideally, you know, now that they've got Robbie Grossman, Grossman is a switch hitter, but he's been very good against left-handers. In fact, he's hit about 340 against lefties this year, right? And he's had some good moments for the Braves. But Rosario, who you would love to have hit against right-handers on the season, he's hitting a buck 90 overall. He's hitting 195 with a 236 on base and a 318 slugging. That's a 555 OPS against right-handers. And by the way, he's hit all four of his homers against right-handers. Now, if there is good news since the All-Star break, July 22nd, he has hit 245 with a 383 slugging and a 694 OPS. So that's a little bit better, right? And for the month of August, he hasn't been dreadful. Um, 236 with a 389 slugging, and they get one out at uh, home. So there you go. At uh, now you got one out and bases loaded still. 236 with a 684 OPS, and he's hit uh, a couple of homers and driven in 11 runs. So half his homers for the season have come here in the month of August. And obviously last year, one of the things that made this team so special was all of the moves that Alex Anthopoulos made and how they all worked out, right? You got big contributions out of Rosario, Soler, Jock Peterson, when you had to rebuild that outfield, and obviously come playoff time, right? Rosario was the NLCS MVP. Soler, the World Series MVP. Rosario went through a stretch there in the playoffs where you couldn't get him out. Didn't matter what you threw up there, nobody could get him out. I don't need Rosario. I'd love to have Rosario be that guy again. But if they can just, because he's probably going to play a decent amount, right? He's going to get plenty of plate appearances and bats. If they're not going to play Ozuna and Ronnie's up and down with his health in the lineup, somebody's got to play in the outfield, and there's no Adam Duvall left. And I don't think they want to play Grossman against right-handers. You look at Grossman's splits, he's like 340 against lefties, and he's like a buck 80 against right-handers. Which, again, you know, it's not like Rosario's killed right-handers, but even 195 is better than a buck 80 or whatever Grossman is. It might even be worse than that. I'll have to go look at his numbers. But I know he's hitting like 340 against left-handers. If there's another guy that could get going, and by the way, he's what? I think um, Rosario's one for two tonight, Dylan, I believe. I think he, um, yes, one for two tonight. So Rosario tonight is one for two with an RBI. He had an RBI double. So obviously he was already listening in, knowing after we, you know, teased the idea of talking about him. He must have saw the rundown. Yeah, obviously I'm, I'm assuming that you took a picture and sent it on the Odyssey app over yep. to him, the Magic app. I just tweeted it at Braves. Okay, there yep. you go. Yeah. so That way they saw it. They knew what was going on. It would be nice to get Rosario cranked up and going because their, their outfield right now is, you know, look, you can count on Harris, and I know everybody wants to see Vaughn Grissom just run out there into outfield and just start playing it. I get all that. And maybe that's what they'll do when Ozzie comes back is they'll – 
Take a guy who's never played a single solitary game in his professional career in the outfield, and they'll just start running him out there. Because as we all know, Major League Baseball is the exact same as Beer League Softball, where you and your buddies get together on Saturday, play a doubleheader, and Vinny plays third base in game one, and he plays left field in game two, and then you guys head out for burgers, wings, and beer afterward. Right? Major League Baseball is the exact same as softball in Decatur on Saturday afternoon. But until then, until then, it would be nice to get Rosario up and cranked up and going. Would be nice to get his bat going at least a little bit. At least not have another hole in your lineup, right? And, you know, obviously, you can, you can certainly platoon. You don't have to play him against left-handers. You don't have to ask Rosario to hit against left-handers. You can have Grossman do that all day long. Let him be your Albert Pujols. You know, Pujols is a guy, what's Pujols hitting, like 440 against lefties this year or something crazy, right? He's been outstanding against left-handed pitching. Let Grossman be all that. But having Rosario get some things cranked up and going would be a huge help to this offense. And that would certainly make you feel better about giving Ronnie an extra day off here and an extra day off there. Because guess what? Right now, that's what they're going to have to do with Ronnie. Uh, until there's some kind of medical miracle that happens here very, very quickly, it's going to be, you know, a couple of games and then a day off here and a day off there and this, that, and the other. And you're still waiting on Ozzy to come back, right? Still waiting on some, you know, Arcia to come back. And I don't think they really want to play Heredia, you know, very much in the outfield or, or put a bat in his hands very much. You know, let him be coming off the bench and be a – a role player off the bench or what have you. But Rosario, to me, is one of those guys that we talk about guys that we like to see get things cranked up and going. Let Rosario, if he's going to play a little bit more regularly, and if you want to feel at least comfortable about, you know, having him out there. You want to bring in Grossman as a defensive sub late in the game or whatever? Fine, I don't care. You just would you would just like to see the ability of Rosario to be able to go out there and be competent. And I understand he had to get his eyeballs redone and all that kind of stuff, right? He had to have the eye surgery and he was have trouble seeing and this, any other. But at least it's gotten a little bit better. I guess it couldn't get worse, but at least it's gotten a little bit better since the All-Star break and in the month of August. Would be really nice to see him have a good September run. Maybe kind of match some of the things that he did. Again, is he going to be the player where you couldn't get him out like he was in the playoffs last year? Probably not. Probably not. You know, he's probably not going to be that guy again. It, again, catching lightning in a bottle and everything worked out perfectly there. But if you can just give the Braves a little bit of something, would be a huge boost right now for a team that could use a little bit of help in their outfield and not have to feel like they have to rush Ronnie back or get him out there all the time. So the Rockies did take the lead uh, in that inning. They only come up with one run. They had bases loaded and nobody out and ended up with only one run. So pretty good pitching by Max Fried. So now he's up to 91 pitches. Be interesting to see if he comes in for the sixth inning or not. Five innings, seven hits, three earned runs, three strikeouts, a walk. No homers given up at 91 pitches with a now 261 ERA on the season. So we'll see if they let him come out for the sixth inning and run his pitch count up into the hundreds or what have you, or if they start heading toward the bullpen. 
Right now, obviously, Freed can't, you know, as as of now, unless the Braves can take the lead here at the bottom of this inning, he can't get the victory right now. But we'll see what happens here if he comes out for the sixth inning or not. So, um, look, it, it's a chance maybe to pick up a game on the Mets here because they're playing the Dodgers. And you kind of hope that maybe the Dodgers can do some things against the Mets, maybe beat them two out of three times because it never seems like the Dodgers lose a series. So maybe they can they can lose two out of three to the Dodgers. Maybe the Braves can win two or three against the Colorado Rockies before they take on the Marlins coming up this weekend. And then they start, you know, heading out to the West Coast, right? A couple games in Oakland and they'll head to Seattle. That'll be a fun series, believe it or not, in Seattle. Seattle's a pretty darn good baseball team this year. They're fighting scratching clawing. I think what's the stat? They haven't been they haven't been in the playoffs in twenty years or something. Ichiro, the last time they were in the playoffs, Ichiro was playing for them. Something like that. It's been a long time since the Mariners have been in playoff baseball. So they're fighting, scratching, clawing right now. That'll be a good series out there. 2001, the last time the Mariners made the playoffs. That's Ichiro's rookie year. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's the year he was the rookie of the year and the MVP of the league. Jeez. First guy to do that since Fred Lynn in 75. Wow. Because uh, is you got that roster? I have to look it up. See, I, I don't – I think Griffey was gone by 2001. He might have still been there, but I think he was gone by 01. I think it was in Cincinnati with the Reds at that point. But that's Ichiro's rookie year. It's a long time to go without playoff baseball out there. So that's going to be a good series, and that's one of the few series left that the Braves have against any team of any kind of real quality or merit or any real caliber or anything like that. You know, the 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 Mariners – the Mets, obviously, in October. Yeah, Griffey was gone. Yeah, yeah, he was in Cincinnati by 01. And that was Ichiro, you know, Ichiro coming in and having that monster rookie year, rookie of the year and MVP. The only other guy to do it was Fred Lynn in 75. So, yeah, long time. But they are actually a a rather good baseball team um, this year. But, you know, you got to make some hay right now. And, you know, we talked about this last night. The Braves were actually leading the division at this exact same time last year. Going into game 130, they had a four-game lead over the Phillies in the division. And right now, they're still trying to chase down the New York Mets out of all this. And you ain't got a whole lot, you know, again, we, we're running out of games. You get through this series, you're going to be down in your last 30 games of the season. And at some point, you know, you're going to have to hope that the Mets lose while you win some games, unless you're going to tell me that we're going to wait until we get the Mets here and then just clean up against them in that, in that three-game set. But the Braves will have a nice West Coast road trip where they'll go to Oakland, they'll go to Seattle, they'll go to San Francisco before they come home. And then, you know, it's only a six-game homestand before they head back out on the road to Philly, Washington, and we get ready to head down toward the, you know, end of the regular season. So this is going to come very quickly for the Braves. The good news is the Braves are comfortably in the wild card, but that's not going to be the easiest path this year is going through all the National League through the wild card. You'd much rather have your division lead this year and not have to try to run it through the wild card all right when we come back it'll be time for that's life um i'm gonna ask dylan if he would try this menstrual cramp simulator yes that is a real thing we'll talk about that next plus our top 10 track on the key studios sports right now the game honestly.com app
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. How are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back with you on the Kia Studios, 9.20. Well, I screwed that all up. Anyway, you know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. At JMSH316 on Twitter, at underscore Dylan Matthews. Don't forget, coming up, 1040, we've got uh, Rankum coming up. Uh, coming up in 20 minutes from right now, we had a conversation with Matt Marshall talking some college football with him earlier in the show. We'll let you hear that conversation as we broke down the um, ACC. Let me ask you this question, Dylan. Yes. This is in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Okay. Um, we're actually, I recently just did a... Uh, I just recently did a radio hit up there. That's right. The, you're global. Yeah, for the TSN uh, station up there. Did the Falcons preview up there. Um, men were asked to test their threshold for pain using a machine that simulates menstrual cramping, an experience hosted by a company that aims to remove the stigma of periods. The period pain simulator was used last month at Calgary Stampede. Um, the company called Sundays offers period pain relief products and representatives attended the event to use the machine on willing participants. They put it on Tic Tac and all that good kind of stuff. Uh, they go through here talking to the owner of the company and, and this, that, and the other, whatever like that. Okay. Now, I told you, when I had... When I did my um, colon cleanse, right, you basically insert that tube in your rectum, and they fill you up with water. Yeah. And that felt, that was like menstrual cramping. That felt awful there for a while. Like, I mean, 
some of the worst. And, and they give you, like, they don't give you pain medicine. Right. But they give you things that try to help. And I'm trying to remember because it's been a while now. But they give you a couple of things that just kind of, like, they give you a heating pad to put on your stomach and stuff like uh, that. Okay, okay. Because it's going to hurt so bad. Yeah. Would you try the, what the hell is this thing called? The period pain simulator. Probably not. Yeah, why? Yeah. Why why would a guy want to experience that? I don't. I I believe it hurts. I've I've heard from enough women and enough females that it doesn't feel good. And I I take their word for it. What's the the worst pain you've ever felt in your life? Probably when I uh, busted my head open the second time. And nothing came out? Oh, sorry. (laughs) I I, I apologize. That was was low. That was low. I apologize. (laughs) So I I was was at... uh, what it used to be called Dixieland is now called Fun Spot America. I okay. think it's still called that. It's been changed so many times. But anyways, I was under one of those like you, you remember those little uh, metal boxes that you turn. You could put a quarter in and get either a gumball or yeah, a bouncing yeah. ball out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was under one of those things because they had those like things and they had turtle food yeah. in them to like throw over the bridge yeah, and feed yeah, the turtles. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And so I jerked my head up real fast and oh. I didn't realize I was under the corner of one. And I busted my head open. And I, it felt like I had a, like legit had a concussion. Like you might have though. I, I might mean, have had. You might have. I mean, the worst pain I've ever felt is kidney stones. Oh, I and, bet that and, sucked. And I, I've had kidney stones twice, not once. I've had them mm-hmm. twice, and it it's excruciating. Like to the point where I couldn't sit down, I couldn't lay down, I couldn't do anything. I just I I just stood leaning over the kitchen counter. Just trying to breathe. That, that's all I was trying to do. And eventually I ended up in the emergency room because you know, it was just awful. Right. Um, second time was awful, but I knew what it was. So I was like, okay, I'll just get through this. Yeah. But that first time, whew, I mean, I, I literally couldn't do anything. I just I just stood hunched over and I was like, just, I can't lay down. I can't do nothing. I just, you, you just, you feel awful. So, again, why a man would want to learn how to experience menstrual cramping is beyond me. I see, I've see. i seen some, like, dudes do it to, like, you know, try and score with a chick. Yeah, score with a chick yeah. or, like, you know, be, you know, kind of it's something for their wife to get brownie points from their wife or something. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Whew. Man, Couldn't be anyway. Me. I believe it hurts. I believe it hurts. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, listen um, Listen to this auction here recently. Have you ever seen these gold coins before like, yeah. that the U.S. Mint makes? Yeah. The, the the Liberty gold coins and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Hell, they even sell those things like on late night um, QVC and stuff like right. that, you know, right. at times. So a extremely rare 1927 D-Double Eagle coin recently sold at auction for four point four million dollars. Jeez. And it was part of an overall auction that the collection of coins sold for sixty-seven point nine million dollars. Goodness. This was from the Bob R. Simpson collection that he had that first off the four point four million Doubled the highest price ever for one of these gold coins. Doubled Doubled. the price. So that was a record. That happened in 2020. But 67, could you imagine having 
$68 million worth of coins laying around the house. wonder if it was the same dude that bought the uh, the Mickey Mantle card for $12 million. I mean, where do people get all of this stuff from? I don't know. Like, like when did this guy buy? find out. Like, I haven't read through the article. Um, you know, the Mickey Mantle card that sold for $12.9 million was bought for $50,000 initially. Jeez. I, I don't know how much this gold coin, because, you know, coins have a pretty regulated value and stuff like that, right? right. Um, the It says here the total... The total for the World and Ancient Coins Platinum Session auction for the weekend brought in $86 million. $86 million. Goodness. Oh, Money man. just being spent left and right in places. Um, there were, on this auction for this $4.4 million coin... There were five bidders on the coin that bid the minimum. Do you know what the minimum was? What was the minimum? 20 bucks. <laughs> there were five people who put in a $20 bid for this coin. And they and they were still in the running even as it surpassed $3 million because they had put a bid in so they were they were technically one of the bidders right. for all of it. That's about all I could say. I could put a bid in. That's right. about it. <laughs> I could I could bid twenty bucks. You're right. You know, again, and then as it's going to three or four million, at crazy. I mean, it, it's just absurd where people get all this uh, money from. I feel like pe- if people just you know want to give money away, give money. I'll give you. I'll give you a coin. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I got plenty of things that I got. I got uh, plenty of things that could that could do all that. Just just so. just come and just come and look in the closet and in the attic. I I can find some stuff you might want. For a couple million? Unbelievable. Um, Happy birthday today to Ted Williams. Now, we've joked about Jared Bernhardt, who will probably be at some point in the lacrosse Hall of Fame. You know, Jim Brown, the running back, is in the lacrosse. Why I use that all the time is because Jim Brown is in the lacrosse Hall of Fame. I don't know if you know that or not. He played lacrosse, too? He was a a, a letterman in four sports at Syracuse. Goodness. But he's, he's considered one of the greatest lacrosse players ever, and he's in the lacrosse Hall of Fame. Ted Williams, you've heard of Ted Williams before? Yes. The outfielder for the Boston Red Sox? Yes. Maybe the greatest hitter of all time? Uh-huh. Okay. Do you know what other Hall of Fame he is in? No, but I'm going to guess I'm gonna guess hockey. No. Uh-huh. He is in the fly fishing Hall of Fame. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right, fly fishing. He, that- is, he is a world-renowned or was a world-renowned fly fisher. So today is uh, Ted Williams' birthday. All right. Today is also – oh, by the way, too, we got to mention this, too, because I, I tweeted this to Randy Mack. Why the hell is Eddie Murphy making another Beverly Hills Cop movie? They're making on Netflix a Beverly Hills Cop 4. Oh. With that Josh Gordon-Levitt is going to be in it. You know who he is? Uh, the name sounds vaguely familiar. He played in, in the final of the trilogy of Batman. He played the guy who would be Robin – Oh, he played the guy. I know exactly what you're talking Remember, about. Remember, he played yep. the cop that, mm-hmm. that at the end of the movie said he's Robin yep. and he's going to take over for Batman, yep. right? I know exactly okay, what you're talking so about. So that guy, he's going to be in it. There's somebody else. Why are they making this? This is disgraceful. <laughs> I love Eddie Murphy, and I think he's got one left in him. This ain't it. Coming to America 2, Beverly Hills Cop 4, 
enough already. Go make an original comedy and make something good out of all of it. Anyway. All right, today is National Beach Day, and I'm all about the beach. So tonight's top 10 list. Top 10 f- favorite places to go or where you would want to go for a vacation. Dylan, the floor is yours. So I'm with you. I love beaches. You know, just I would love to go to any and all beach that has, like, the, the really clear blue water, like just, you know, white sand beaches, any of those beaches I, I'm all for because those are just beautiful things to watch and look at and obviously, you know, be able to go in. So there you go. But as my list goes, uh, I would love to go to Costa Rica. I got a lot oh, of okay. I got a lot of international places on here because I've been I've been to a solid number amount of uh, of states. So I got Costa Rica on here. Honorable mention for me is also Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, so I just I want to go to Hawaii because it's Hawaii. But Costa Rica is on my list. Um, Rome, Italy is on my list. Love to go to Rome and get a pizza, even though that wasn't the birthplace of pizza, was it? Pretty sure that wasn't the birthplace of pizza. But anywho, we'll still love to go to Rome and get a pizza. You'd be better off to go to New York and get pizza because. That's true. The, the trick is, the thing that makes New York pizza so good uh-huh. is the water out of the Hudson River oh. is really good with the dough and it makes it rise better. Okay. That, it's all about the water supply. Okay. So the water coming out of the Hudson River for the pizza dough is what makes New York pizza better than any place on earth. I didn't know that was the hack on New York pizza. Yes. Well, I've the crazy part, the one time I've been to New York, I did not get pizza. Nah, shame on me. I should have got it. But Hold it, on. You went to New York yes. and didn't get a slice of pizza. I did not. What'd you eat when you were in New York? Oh, uh, what did you I get? A bagel? Eat? It's been a my. Uh, I don't know. It, I didn't it, eat a bagel. Because the same stuff, the same technology, if you will, works uh-huh. for bagels as well. I didn't eat a bagel. I forgot what I got. I wasn't there for real, Pasta? real long. Uh, you get a sandwich at the Carnegie Deli? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so before you finish up your list, uh-huh. last night we yes. did. Oh man, somebody on the text line. I can't remember what our. Oh, we did. We did last night. The top ten was. Um, because I, I tweeted out about Ocean's 13 over the weekend, okay. and I can never shut that movie off. We tweeted out our top 10 movies that you can't turn off when they're on TV. Okay, and that's a good one, yeah. So somebody said on the on the text line that we should do, like, movies from a specific decade. And he said on the text line, do, like, your top 10 favorite movies from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. And I said, are you freaking kidding me? I said, I'm going to run a test. I'll bet you that Dylan couldn't <laughs> name 10 movies from the 1980s. Do you think you could name, forget your favorites or anything like that. Yeah. Do you think you could name 10 movies from the 1980s? The Godfathers weren't in the 80s, were they? <sighs> were, the, were the Godfathers in the 80s? I'll have to look it up. I don't, I don't know. No, I mean. They weren't. 70, what, 2 and 74, I think, is when the two ah. first two Godfather. The, the third okay. one might have been 89, maybe 90, but the first two were in the mid-70s. Um, that's my uh, that's my best guess. I took a film class in college, and we had to watch some older movies. Um, yeah. But they are all, I Did can't remember any of any movie now. from the 1980s? Probably not. Not off the top of my head. No. No. Can't, can't say I could. I probably have seen some, but just don't How about know from it. the 90s? Um, I feel like I could give a name a few movies from Go the 90s. It. Go for it. Um, was The Parent Trap in the 90s? No. Okay, well, wait. The first Batman? Was the first Batman in the 90s? The one with uh, the one with uh, Hugh Jackman? Not Hugh Jackman. Oh, Jack Nichols. 
Now you Jack. Oh my, my god. Now you Jack. Oh my god. Jack, Jack Nicholas. Oh I bet Jack Nicholas. Oh my bad, <laughs> I got the Jacks mixed up. <laughs> I bet Jack Nicholas was that Batman in the nineties. Oh my god. Um <laughs> No, actually the the first Batman movie, the one with Michael Keaton and yeah. Jack Nicholson as uh, Jack the Joker. Nicholson, yeah. And that was eighty nine when that came out. Oh close. The next one was 92 with Catwoman and Penguin. Oh, okay, okay. I that remember was 92. That yeah. Um the the one with um the Riddler and all that okay, with um, Jim Carrey? Uh yes. Yeah. That was 95 and then the one with uh Clooney? Clooney was 97. Okay. So you didn't know any of those? No, I knew the, I knew Well, I you was... know that they all once I gave them to you, but you said the first Batman and that was 89. I knew those What Batman other what were... other movie could you name from the 90s? Um, The Lion King was that in the nineties? Pocahontas, all these Disney movies that I've seen. I know, I'm pretty sure Pocahontas was in the nineties. Yes, Tarzan, ninety four. Okay, uh, Tarzan. I think Tarzan was in the nineties. Maybe that might have been early two thousands. Um, uh, nope, you got lucky. Nineteen ninety nine. There we go. It hung right on at the very end. All right. Um. Yeah. So. I feel like I know a few. Um, what's an? Uh, I don't know anymore. Not off the top of my head. Oh man, I have to really think about it. All right, when we get back, <laughs> Matt Marshall from the Orlando Sentinel joined us to talk some college football, previewing the ACC. Chuck in the Key Studios, Sports Radio to the Game Odyssey.com. I said that's life. That's love. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back with you on the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios on a Tuesday evening, 404-741-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app's how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media at 929 game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and follow me at JMCH316 on Twitter. Well, we are officially at week one after what was very much a tune-up week in the world of college football. We get everything cranked up uh, here, and don't forget, we are your home for all things college football. We get started on Thursday with a special edition of College Football Game Time with myself, Chris Goforth, and Randy Mack. We will uh, get you ready for the season. And we head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to Matt Marshall. He, of course, national college football writer for the Orlando Sentinel. And you can follow him on Twitter at OS Matt Marshall. Matt, as always, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes here in Atlanta. No problem. How are you doing today? We are great. And, um, you know, I wanted to get you on and talk some ACC football. I know you guys did a big uh, spread and preview of the ACC. So I wanted to bounce around with you a little bit through the conference. Let's um, let's start here locally with uh, with Georgia Tech. Um, obviously, having Jeff Sims back in his third year in the program, that's all good. But you lost a dynamic playmaker, obviously, in Jameer Gibbs. Not good for the program. I like Malachi Carter. But I just wonder, Matt, if this offense can get some things going and get on track, because I'll tell you, if they don't go down to your neck of the woods and win against Central Florida early on in the season, they're looking at probably one and four very early on. And I'm not sure if Jeff Collins can get himself through a whole year starting out one and four. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think that's that's, that's going to be the case. And then you look at the fact that they could be one and four, and then they go to Pittsburgh after that. So, I mean, it could be a, a, a very – 
um, and it can be a very difficult, challenging you know, schedule right now early on. So they're going to have to find a way to, to maybe sneak a win in here and there. And I think, as you mentioned, I think it, it really kind of falls on the offense. It falls on the development of Jeff Sims. I think they need to find a way to score some points. I think they need to, you know, they, they need to be a little bit more dynamic. This is something they've struggled with a little bit. I think people thought that there would be a, some sort of window of, of you know, learning curve when, when, when Jeff Collins took over, you know, making the transition from that, you know, uh, you know, the option offense over to like a more spread type offense. But we're now, you know, we're past that now. We're now in year four. So you would think that this offense would be able to find some key, some key pieces. I know they've got some issues, uh, you know, replacing some people on the offensive line, but they've got enough talent, I think, that they, they need to score some points. And the, the key issue for me, I think, is going to be their defense. They're going to have to find guys to step up and make some plays. They only returned two starters from the defense last year. This is a group that ranked near the bottom of the ACC in all of the defensive categories. So they got to find a way to stop some people if they're going to have any chance of winning some games. Yeah, and Matt, it's interesting because, I mean, Jeff Collins made his bones at Temple as, you know, high-octane defense, havoc plays, get after the quarterback, create turnovers. We've seen little blips and bloops of that here at Tech. We saw it a couple of years ago. But they, it just doesn't seem like that. And I know he wants to bring in, you know, Sunday caliber players, but it just doesn't seem like that they have brought in enough difference makers on their defensive side of the football to kind of turn that thing over and, and get it more in the playing personality of what Jeff Collins wants to be. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think that, that part of what, you know, is, is going on is, you know, the recruiting hasn't been nearly as strong as I think it started out as. You know, he's got a, a couple of players here and there, but – you know, then the transfer portal comes around, you know, and they, and they lost some talent on, on the portal. And I think, um, you know, losing a guy like Quez Jackson, um, you know, and, and Jordan Dominic, you know, was, was, was a big loss for them. I, I think, again, you know, one of the things of being a coach now in college football is you're going to have to find a way to identify players in the portal. You have to convince guys to come play for you. You're going to have to find the talent that needs to fill some of these holes and gaps. And that's some of the things they need to do. They need to create turnovers. They need to create negative plays. Those are the kind of things that are going to help them uh, you know, find ways to stay in games, to, to let their offense kind of grow and develop, and to find ways to, to win the games that they haven't been able to win over the last couple of years. So it's a concern, and I think if, if Jeff does somehow find a way to get through this year, it's something they're going to have to continue to focus on. They've got to restock the roster with talent. They've got to find – and there's plenty of talent in this area. There's no excuse for not being able to find that talent in the Atlanta area. Matt Marshall, National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel, joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. You know, I've said to people, I think you better be very careful about trying to throw dirt on the grave of Clemson because, you know, maybe it wasn't, you know, 12 and 1 and 13 and 1 and one of those kinds of seasons. But I think it's, I think there's a lot of people, and I, and I understand Dabo's very polarizing. It's easy to root against him, but there's a reason why they're going to be number four and they might have the best defensive front in the country. If they can keep, you know, Brissy and those guys healthy out there, I just think it's a little bit early to kind of think that Clemson's on the demise and decline. What say you about all that? Yeah, I, I think that's the case. I mean, listen, I get it. You know, I think people, fans, you know, what Dabo's personality sometimes rubs people the wrong way. Fans want to see when they see a little weakness in a, in a team or, or a program, they want to pounce on it. They feel like that's the, and that was the case kind of with Clemson last year. You know, they. They, they started that really difficult uh, start. You know, I think the offensively, this was not a Clemson-type team. You know, they really struggled, um, especially at the quarterback position. We've been talking about how 
DJ Ugalele was supposed to be the next heir apparent at the quarterback, you know, replacing Trevor Lawrence. He struggled, but really did not look at all comfortable whatsoever in the offense. I don't know if that's just because the expectations were too much for him at the point at that start, or if because they just weren't using him in, in a way that they felt comfortable in doing it. But he struggled at some point. I think their offensive line had some injuries that kind of added a little bit of pressure to that. So their offense struggled early on, but once he got going, once things, they kind of started figuring some things out, you saw that team just roll out those wins. And like you said, they got to 10 wins. They looked impressive towards the very end. I don't think this team's going away anytime soon. I, I think this program's going to be just as strong or not stronger this year. I think they, they understand exactly what they need to do. Their front line, defensive line, is probably one of the best front lines in, in college football. Um, and if they're all healthy, I think there's an opportunity for them to be just as dominant as they were when Brett Venables was their defensive coordinator. So I'm not expecting much of a drop-off from Clemson. In fact, I think they're going to be right there in the mix when it's all said and done. Do you think that there's a chance in the way what Dabo's done in the past where DJU plays okay the first few weeks, but Kate Klubnik gets in after four or five games? I mean, we've seen that pattern before with Dabo. Do you think that they go back down that well potentially this year too? I think they'll, they'll take a look at it. I mean, again, it depends on how, how DJ's performing. I think, I think obviously he's going to start the, you know, start the, you know, the season. He's going to go out there and play. They luckily, you know, when you look at their schedule, um, you know, Georgia Tech game obviously is going to be a big game, but they got Furman, you know, week two and Louisiana Tech in week three. So you gotta you got to imagine they're probably going to get a chance to see Cade go out there and, and be able to play a little bit. So they want to see what he's comfortable in, maybe what he best fits, you know, kind of what he's, his, his abilities are. So it wouldn't shock me knowing Gabo that, you know, at some point during the year, he has a series here or there. He wants to throw them out there in certain situations, maybe to try to see what they can be able to do, take advantage of that, because that's just what good coaches do. They take the talented players. They want to get them on the field as much as they can, and they want to utilize them. So I could see that happening. Now, if DJ struggles early on, I would not be shocked to see them make a move and, and, and put Kade in right away. I, I think that, you know, again, Davos understands exactly how important it is for them to have a good start. They can't fall behind like they did last year. They got to be able to have, uh, they got to go out there and, and do the things they need to do if they're going to have a chance, not only to win the ACC, but to be a contender in the, in the uh, college football playoffs again. Matt Marshall joining us on the waitfor.com hotline, national college football writer for the Orlando Sentinel. Um, I know Miami is a chic pick to win the Coastal, and I like Tyler Van Dyke a lot. But And I know they brought Parrish over the running back from Old Miss, but they got to prove to me they can run the football better. They got to prove to me that their offensive line is okay. And they got a lot of work on their defense that they got to rebuild. Why is every, is is Van Dyke just good enough that that kind of separates him from the rest of some of the quarterbacks in the Coastal and it's just – Mario's coming home. I I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time wrapping my arms around thinking that Miami is just a clear cut favorite in the coastal this year. Yeah, and I'm with you. I don't I don't necessarily know. I'm not really ready yet to just throw it all on them to say that the U is back again. I I, I think you know the thing for Mario Cristobal right now this year for me, especially starting out early on, is he's got to really find a way to keep his team even keel. There's so much expectation. There's so much hype surrounding this team, and and you know. Young men out there on this team, they hear it, they see it, they read it in the paper. They understand that if, you, if they get going into the season too hyped and believing in themselves a little bit, I mean, that's going to end up, that could kind of end up hurting them, you know. So I think he's got to make sure that the expectations are kind of kept down a little bit. 
that they go out there and play strong. I think their defense is going to be really where they're going to have some issues, especially early, you know, up in the front line. I think they're going to have to find guys who will be able to step up and make plays. I think Tyler Van Dyke has is, is a good enough quarterback, and he has some pieces around him, I think, that they can, they can you know, make some plays. But you're right, the offensive line has some question marks, you know, and, and it may not come to, 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 to come back to them in the first couple games, but that Texas A&M game in week three and September 17th in College Station, that's going to be a huge game for them. That's a game that, you know, national televised game that they'll probably, you know, if they win that game, they'll say a lot about this program. And if you thought expectations were high, the buzz was high now, Imagine if they win that game and they start out three and zero. That's the case, and they find themselves. I could see them going five, six, seven and zero before maybe they have their next big challenge when they face, you know, Clemson, uh, you know, late in November. All right, Matt. I've uh, I'm drinking the Kool Aid, and I get on some of these bandwagons, and um, you know, I'm on the NC State bandwagon, and I think if you're looking for a dark horse playoff team, it's not just Devin Leary. He's outstanding. They're rock solid up the middle on their offensive line. Gibson might be the best center in the ACC. And I love, 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 love their linebacking core. I think all those guys that they have, at least two of those guys are going to be first team all-conference at linebacker. I know they've got, you know, Doran at coach, and that's always going to be, you know, maybe one of those things that makes you scratch your head. But what do you think is going to potentially be the undoing of NC State if it doesn't go well for them? What What's... What's their big knocks or their hangups this year that could keep them from maybe living up to all the hype that people like me are giving them? Well, you know, I, I agree. I think the defense is, is their strength. It's probably one of the best defenses in, in, in the ACC this year. You know, they were 10, 10, 10 starters. They're, they're solid in the middle. They're solid on, on the secondary. Um, this is a good group. I think for me, the thing that, that stands out is they've got to be able to run the football. You know what I mean? They, they don't really have a legitimate – uh, you know, running backs that, that, that's got a threat. You know, Jordan Houston, one of the guys that's coming back, you know, he's there, he had 83 yards rushing total last year. Um, you know, they need to find someone that can run the football. That's a little bit of a concern. I mean, Devin Leary, again, outstanding quarterback. We know all the numbers he put up last year. I think they can, they can be explosive again offensively, but they've got to stay healthy. They've got to make sure that, that Devin stays healthy because they really don't have, you know, they, they have a true freshman that would be more likely backing him up. And, you know, that, that's going to be difficult for them. You know, the schedule sets up really nice. They are on the road at Clemson on October 1st, so that's going to be a challenge for them. But if they can find a way to, to somehow knock, knock off the Tigers then, you know, then I, I think there's an opportunity for them to really go far. I mean, there, there's no one else on the schedule that I see, to me, that, that would really challenge them. Wake Forest on November 5th, we're not sure if Wake's going to have Sam Hartman back. So that could be an opportunity for them to, to win that game. And then, you know, I can think they can surprise some people. So this to me is, again, if you're looking for a pick, like you mentioned, that you're thinking who can kind of make a surprise move, I think it's NC State. I think the ACC of all the conferences, all the Power Five conferences especially, I think there are four, five, six legitimate teams who I think could make a run at a title there because there's so much talent in this league right now. Last question, Matt, 30 seconds left. Um, give me your two division winners and your champ. Well, I, I'm still going to go with Clemson. I mean, I, I think Clemson's going to be you know, right back to where it was last year. I, I can't see them, you know, not, you know, getting back to that spot. And, you know, I am um, – honestly, I'm actually going to go with, with, with Miami. And I know I, we talked about the expectations. I think Miami's right there. But I think Pittsburgh is right on their tail. And basically it's, it's going to come down to you know, who can play the better football sometime down later on in the season. Yeah, I, uh, I I like I like Keaton Slovis a, a lot. Um, I'll just say that mm-hmm. I, I 
again, I don't know what, you know, they lost their OC, they lost Addison, they've got a lot of work, and, you know, you would think that Narduzzi's going to get that defense. But, yeah, I know, the, the Coastal's going to have a, a, a big mess. So follow Matt on his uh, Twitter page. It is uh, at OS Matt Marshall, and, of course, he writes uh, for the Orlando Center, National College Football Writer, and join us on the waitfor.com hotline. Matt, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. We'll chat again soon. That sounds good. Take care. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.